So all I have to do is catch a Pokemon. Seems simple enough. Spoil! Spoiler! Spoil! Spoiler! Ooh, I don't like that one. It's covered in Detective Pikachu spoilers? Gross. I'm gonna keep looking. Welcome to episode 16 of the Dorkweb Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Lochiato, and I'm joined, as always, by my venerable co-host, Evan Rakowski. Here I am. <laughs> Here you are. Yeah. Excellent. I was thinking of some kind of Pokemon-related thing to say, but I just couldn't think of it. Trying to get a quip. Yeah, like, I could say my name and pretend to be a Pokemon, but that just might sound weird. It might sound weird. Who knows? Yeah. We don't even know no. what's going to happen. Even as we record now. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. But the cat is locked away. and The fans are off. The fans are off. There should be very little audio distortion. So we will find out. But enough audio distortion. Let's talk about why we're really here. Detective Pikachu. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. All right, end the episode. It's over. Because we only know how to say bad things. Now, um... So Detective Pikachu was surprisingly pretty, like, pretty solid, I would say, for um, definitely still like a, a children's entertainment, or like a kid's movie. But I guess the first thing that I just want to say coming right out with it is compared to Shazam, which I immediately was thinking about the entire time I was in this movie, this movie like rocked, like it kept my attention the whole time. I wasn't trying to like pick apart every little character interaction and maybe that's because half of the characters were just pokemon who could only say their name but um you know it was it was a good time i was totally in for the ride well i can definitely say as far as uh live action anime and video game movies go probably one of the better ones out there fair to say i mean mortal kombat's up there the first one not the second one but uh, yeah but speaking of they're actually making another mortal kombat movie yeah but who's isn't someone weird directing? i think um it's either being produced or directed by uh peter wan i believe his name was he did the aquaman movie ah interesting i think be, i think it's produced by him but i think the man who did the uh I think you said it was like the PlayStation commercial. Yes. Where like you have all the, the director. Yeah, where all the yeah. characters are like, ah, oh, I remember where I was like trapped by Zeus, and it's you know like Kratos talking. It's like ah, oh, but Steve was there to like lead me to victory. Yeah, it was uh, a commercial for the PlayStation Three, probably like a couple of years before they announced the PS Four, and it was super awesome. I worked in retail at the time, so I saw it all the you know all the time <laughs> playing on TVs, but. Yeah. It's you know it was like Kratos and Athena and Nathan Hale and a Chimera and Snake uh, and like maybe a, someone from uh, Killzone. Yeah, Hellgast, like all these different characters portrayed by uh, live actors. But the person who directed that commercial is directing this uh, new Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat movie, movie, which is going to be uh, filmed, I guess, in Australia. Interesting. It'll be yeah. the most interesting thing wrong <laughs> that is uh that belongs to uh mad max that's true which i believe is an australian uh, homebrew that's true well uh poke you know back to pokemon yes um i was talking about how as as far as video game and um it's pretty good yeah as said. far as video game and manga adaptations it, it's pretty good um i was afraid there would be some 
this strange uncanny valley CGI because of the Pokemon looking so realistic with like real people. Um, however, before I saw this movie, I'm sure we've all been subjected to the uh, Sonic movie trailer and I was immediately, um, you know, relieved of those fears because uh, it's not as bad as because that trailer. It wasn't, Sonic. It wasn't uh, the Sonic from that trailer. Yeah, as played to Gangster's Paradise. Gangster's Paradise. Oh man, we could have a whole episode dedicated to that uh, trailer. I'm surprised we haven't. Yeah, so let's put the brakes on Pokemon right now, and let's just take a brief aside to talk about uh, the Sonic trailer for for those listening. Sorry. But uh, glad that this came. No, up. I remember we. It was a few episodes ago where we did that funny little edit with uh, Phantom Pain, when we uh, first got the news of the Sonic trailer, and I think it was uh, like a teaser image where it was him sitting on the Golden Gate Bridge with like very muscly legs. Yeah, that's the last time we talked about it. But yeah. boy, oh boy, my nightmares have come to life in the Sonic trailer. In the form of uh, a weird two-eyed Sonic the Hedgehog with baby teeth and uh, fingernails. And uh, human anatomy. Yeah. To, like, a weird slow dance gangsta's paradise. Yeah. I mean, sorry to Coolio and uh, Weird Al. Yeah. Yeah. Well... I'm pretty sure even Weird, Weird Al tweeted was like, yo, like, sorry, my song's been, like, used like this. So as you might know, uh, Sonic, in his design, he's already going under some rework. Yeah, I remember hearing about this maybe a couple days ago. Um, I'm grateful, but <laughs> it... The whole thing's kind of shocking because I didn't know you could just, like, redesign an entire character at this stage of the movie. Well, that's the thing. I actually uh, recently read just a little article about it, and basically what they said was that a lot of the time with digital characters, they'll put them in the movie maybe only in the last two to three months before the movie comes out. And when you see a trailer, that's, like, the only footage from the film that actually has... Oh. A digital character in it. So it's like the alpha, more or less? Kind of. At the same time, he said that, you know, like, with that level of detail that you could see on Sonic, even though it's a weird, disgusting design. A weird, disgusting manhog. Yeah, just the level of detail that went into that. Uh, these artists suspected that it was easily, like, anywhere between, like, six to nine months of work. And, you know, for the for the director, I think it was, who tweeted the redesign of Sonic, to just immediately go out on Twitter and be like, oh, you guys don't like it? Well, we're just going to, don't worry, we're going to scrap it. He inadvertently just heaped a mountain of work on all of the designers who realistically only have, like, what, six months? The movie comes out in November? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so you thinking, like, he totally threw the animators under the bus for this? Oh, 100. I mean, if if what he's saying is legitimate and they're not going to delay the movie and they're going to go with the release date they have, which is, I believe, early November, then they have under six months um, to redesign a character and then implement it, which implementing, I guess, would take a couple of months or yeah. maybe even a month or whatever be it. Of animation. Yeah. So as you were saying with how long it takes to do all that, uh, like, animating and stuff... Like, even if they redesign Sonic to, you know, somewhat tolerable uh, parameters, it's not going to look as good or as detailed. Yeah, and I think the biggest concern is, you know, like, the actual immersion and realism. Yeah. How good is that going to look if they're in a rush and they screw up and 
it's looking like Sonic is running up the side of air. Yeah, it's just gonna be the movie version of um, what was that horrible Sonic game? It was it like Sonic two thousand five or something? Oh, the I think it's just called like Sonic, right? But but yeah, no, there's yeah. yeah. So it's, I think it's, it's like two thousand something. It's the infamous one that was yeah. unfinished. Yeah. It'll just be like Sonic the movie really version fast, of like that. backwards and like glitching around. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. Basically, yeah, that director tweeting is probably going to cause a lot more angry employees and artists, and it's not going to be a good production. Honestly, those people don't deserve a paycheck for what they thrust upon the world that we can never get rid of, because the internet is a a time capsule of all things since the creation of the internet. It's true. So this will never go away. Now it'll be ours to hold on to forever. Uh, interestingly Forever enough, memes. yes, interestingly enough, looking at some of the talent of the movie, uh, you have Sonic himself being voiced by Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz? Yes. You may ask, what has Ben Schwartz done? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's been in a lot of things. Uh, he's done various voice work, most notably Dewey Duck in some of the random newer DuckTales that have been out. Okay. As well as... Oh, yes, here. Here we go. His most credited role, uh, the unnamed Stormtrooper in Star Wars Episodes 7 and 8. Oh. Yes. So, Sonic. It, he could be anyone. Literally. He could be any uh, Stormtrooper. Yep. He could be anyone. Uh, and then we have James Marsden as the happy-go-lucky cop who is Cyclops from the older X-Men movies. Well, what do you know? There he is. There he is. Poor guy. Still with us. He's never going to get another role again. Yeah, I mean, same thing with Jim Carrey. If this movie is as bad as people are, like, worrying it's going to be. As far as Jim Carrey goes, I know that for a lot of people, he's the saving grace of this movie. He's going to be the only reason people, like, give this film a chance, is to just see Jim Carrey unleashed. Yeah, but I don't even know. I don't know if that can save it. Yeah, I mean, even, like, the full, like, might of Jim Carrey in his prime might not be able to save this film. And who can say if Jim Carrey's still in his prime? I was just gonna say, we don't even know. Because he could just be old and crazy like the Tart Toter. Like he made himself out to be in that Netflix documentary. Yes. But, um, boy. So, like, Sonic's maybe from space? Well, I think that's always kind of been kind of like a generally accepted could be canon is that you know obviously this doesn't take place on like planet earth or at least sonic and his cast of you know anthropomorphic animals are not from earth because how the hell could that happen in you know this planet um so it's kind of been generally accepted that sonic is an alien and robotnik is like the fbi slash like secret like blacklist organization yeah he's not even last hope yeah he's like not even part of the military he's like a government contractor that's like given executive power by whatever power i'd be that wants sonic like dealt with i think it's because yeah it was it was um in the trailer he runs so fast he creates like a nuclear emp blast that uh takes out the entire like uh like pacific north northwestern seaboard um and by taking out i mean you know uh, an electromagnetic pulse which knocks out all electronics man i'd be pissed uh I'd that be, being i'd be playing like sekiro yeah that being said there are like plenty of like people uh in who you know subside off of medical assistance 
um, including like, you know, uh, infants and like the intensive, you know, infant care unit or whatever they call it, uh, who would, you know, immediately all die uh, because their life support was knocked off. So in that instance, Sonic probably killed like millions of people. Probably not millions. Maybe not millions, but, but, but a over a hun- over a hundred thousand. And so maybe Robotnik is a hero. Yeah. <laughs> Plainly, yes. And a gangster. And a true gangster. And we have yet to see if uh, Tails or Knuckles will also appear in this film. Jeez. Hopefully not. God save us. I hope that Sonic kisses a human on the lips. That's how you know it's a good Sonic game. Or movie. Yeah. Well, there's like a line from that trailer... Where he's, like, stuffed in a duffel bag or something. Oh, he was like, like, oh, is that a kid in, a, in your bag? And he's like, and, and the guy who's supposed to be a cop was like, oh, yeah, it's a kid in my bag. <laughs> it's not my kid, though. And everyone's just like, oh. <laughs> it's like, it, it, it's, the writing just seems so weird. Yeah, like, why would you just, like, consciously admit to people that you have a child in their bag and then they don't even, like, try to stop you or save the child? Yeah, then Sonic pops out and he's like, oh, it smells like an old ham sandwich. Yeah, at which point, you know, if I was saying nice to that bag, I, like, smack it with a brick or something <laughs> just find a way to shut up whatever was going on in there. yeah yeah well disappointing all around but uh not boy. not like detective pikachu with not wasn't like disappointing detective pikachu. let's get back on track with that you know uh, full of references to like other I'm, oh yeah and like one of the things uh that you know most pokemon fans will like is that it takes place in the same universe as pokemon the movie with mewtwo only set 20 years later yeah so that was I mean, from the trailer, I had hoped that they were going to find a way to legitimize that, like, first Pokemon movie in this story. Because, like, if they have Mewtwo, how, where does he come from? They they have to walk that path. And they totally did. And, uh, you know, I'll put in a spoiler warning at the beginning of this episode, but they totally legitimize him escaping from the lab on the island, and then gets picked up by other scientists and thrown in another lab and all this crap. Again. But that only kindles my hopes that one day there will be a live-action Pokemon the first movie. I think they are remaking Pokemon the first movie, but it's going to be all being CGI. Don't like that. Yeah, it might be weird. But um, another thing I really liked about this movie was the idea of Rhyme City, because I actually just thought about it, and... Oh, uh, yeah. Rhyme City was sick. Yeah, because if it was, like, a regular Pokemon movie, there wouldn't be many Pokemon. Only if, like, the Pokemon battles and, like, the Pokemon that, like, are privileged enough to live outside Pokeballs and, like, follow their masters around. Like, in this city, um, you know, my one of my favorite actors, Bill Nye, uh, Davy Jones and the, the head vampire from the Underworld series... Um, top vamp. Top vamp. Uh, built this city for being, I guess, from funding he got while being, like, a Pokemon David Attenborough. And um, essentially created a city where humans and Pokemon uh, can live together side by side in harmony, like no masters. There's like, in fact, like Pokemon fighting is like outlawed in the city. Yeah, you just like go into a cafe and like Pokemon are just like cutting up sushi or... Licking you. Licking you, just because... Yeah, and there's like Snorlaxes that just pass out in the road. Yeah. As, and I guess it would happen in the Pokemon world. Yeah. So... And you even have like some Pokemon holding like human jobs, like... Directing traffic. Yeah, there's like a Machop or a Machamp who's like a traffic officer. Yeah. No, it it was great. The world building was on point, and I didn't really even think about it, but it is very different from a world that you actually see in Pokemon, 
because in fact more fantastical than the world you'd see in pokemon yeah because in normal pokemon pokemon just like locked up in their balls waiting to kill yeah they're animals yeah (laughs) waiting waiting to fight each other but um it was it was the right way to get across like the goofy side of pokemon and the cute side of pokemon and having pokemon like saturating almost every shot of the film yes which is what people would want to see in a pokemon film yes so let's talk a little bit about Rhyme City now that we're kind of on the subject. Yeah. Um, as I said, Rhyme City was awesome. Uh, the idea of it is great, you know, kind of like we've been talking about. But even more so, like, it had this really cool vibe that was almost like Blade Runner. But also it reminded me of, like, San Francisco um, in Big Hero 6. Yeah, it was kind of like a more Eastern neon-soaked... Neon at parts kind of like Beijing, at parts kind of like, you know, Japan or New York City. Like, it had a bit of, a bit of everything, but it's definitely got that kind of like neon, excuse me, uh, like neon-soaked, um, almost like utopia. Yeah, and like, as far as the, the choice for, I guess, like set locations and color and stuff like that, overall, like, the palette and the, th- the colors that you're looking at and like the lights of the city... And the, you know, the, the like color of, of yeah. the oh. color of the houses and the signs and all that, like it all comes together so nice. And even in this city where like you totally see like dirty alleys and, and stuff like that, and bricks. like it all looks really nice. It might be contrasted with like this like bluish purple, like neon light or um, and even wilder colored Pokemon. Yeah. And something <laughs> that caught my eye like immediately was just how... I guess how dynamic the lighting must have been on set because almost the same way that when you watch The Matrix, you notice that everything has a green tint to it. When I started watching this movie, I noticed like, oh man, like the neon green or the neon purple from that sign is totally like you can see it like a lot. Yeah, like you can see it a lot like on the Pokemon and on the people and like every little detail was considered shadows were really good. Um, and I don't think there were too many times where I noticed like a crappy uh, shadow job for one of the Pokemons. Yeah, there was a, a crappy Pokemon. shadow job. Yeah, it was a crappy shadow job. Ace, hey, you gotta do what you guts to do. Yeah, in our business, that's what we call assassinations. <laughs> yeah, but the the whole city was great. Um, can't say enough good things about it. The technology was really cool. It looked. Um, appropriately pokemon yeah. but also appropriately japanese yeah yeah which, which is good because sometimes i feel like pokemon technology is like a little too rural or like far back well i mean they always have like some weird computer that can just revive your dead pokemon yeah and, and they were true to like the cars all that advanced like the the cars i don't know if you oh, noticed yeah. they were all like cars from pokemon yeah, just like, like really weird. small tiny like yeah. bizarre cars yeah um I know that both me and you uh, weren't super-duper crazy about, like, the mountain scenes. Yeah, I mean, visually impressive. Fantastic. Very, yeah, visually yeah. impressive. Fantastic. A little out of place. But very out of place. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Kevin, I was talking to him about this. Um, he was saying, like, yeah, what's the significance of this? It's, it's supposed to be, like, you know, Chekhov's turtle. Like, you see this thing... And it's, you know, supposed to be important or, like, it's this huge thing that's, like, you know... Seems very important. It seems very significant that there's giant freaking, like... Yeah, they're not uh, mountains, they're just turtles yeah, laying down. It's like uh, in Final Fantasy fifteen, where you have to fight the giant, like, turtle mountain. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's that like that secret boss that multiple, I still haven't yeah, beat. Multiples of those just like chilling out, forming the actual landscape that this lab is like located in. So that was a little weird. Looked great. Um, and everything about it. And it was also really funny when Pikachu got hit in the chest with like a rock like really hard and he just like fell over and got real like injured. <laughs> well, yeah, no, the, the interactions between the real world and the CG were great. They yeah. were believable. Um, I know that you really like the scene with, what is it, the A-Poms? Oh, yeah, when the A-Poms were just, there was a whole horde of these small little monkey, like purple monkeys with uh, hand tails called A-Poms. And almost as nightmarish as Sonic design. Almost as nightmarish as Sonic design, because these also had, like, people teeth. Yes. Um, but they got some, like, Pokemon fighting juice, like, sniffed on, or they drank a bit, and it infected, like, the whole bunch of them. And they became rabid and malicious and violent, and they tried to kill uh, Tim Goodman, or whatever his name was. Harry. Harry Goodman. Uh, and they, they just tried to, you know, murder him as, like, an angry... Oh, wait, is it Tim? I don't know. Or is Harry... There's... I think Harry's the dad. I think Harry's probably the dad. His name Correction. Is Tim Goodman. Yeah. Uh, no John Goodman, though, unfortunately. Unfortunately. He would be perfect, and his Pokemon would be a Snorlax. Of course. He would be the Snorlax. Yeah. Oh, my God. Would it be Detective Snorlax and John Goodman's no, voice in the Snorlax? No. <laughs> it would oh, be like Constable Snorlax. Constable Snorlax. Yeah. That's good. But where was I? Oh, yeah, the A-Palms, and they were just going to just, like, tear him apart like a troop of angry chimpanzees. But meanwhile, uh, the whole time, you know, Detective Pikachu, Ryan Reynolds, was kind of quipping um, with little to no urgency in his voice. It'd be like... It's almost kind of like that that, uh, narrative dissonance you'd have in, like, a video game where a character is fighting for their life but making, like, funny quips. It's like if Spider-Man was fighting for the life of Mary Jane, and, like, every five seconds he was, like... Uh, he does that yeah but not when like he's fighting for his, not only his life but the people he cares about like he's in full like he's fully engaged with that battle he's not trying to be funny or witty sure you know what I'm saying I understand what you're I, saying I, what I'm saying is Tim Goodman life was in mortal peril from being torn apart and eaten by savage Pokemon and Ryan Reynolds was just making casual jokes I guess the question comes do savage Pokemon eat people well uh, Pokemon is, I believe, is a world where, you know, there's no animals, but there's Pokemon. We need to, you know, animals kill people from time to time. We kill animals from time to time to eat. You know, it's just the way the natural world is. I guess so. Uh, I tell you, what about that scene, though? It was, uh, very, very cool to see almost like a rush hour, uh, like half aerial uh scene where they're like falling on like scaffolding and like yeah yeah. like balloons and stuff like stuff like that yeah that was pretty cool well we can always say he uh bill nye is not going to be in rush hour 2 or pokemon detective pokemon detective pikachu 2 (laughs) detective pokemon yeah i mean spoiler i mean i guess we could talk about the story as far as the overall story goes it has a couple of um predictable paces but outside of that i think that there's definitely enough to keep you thinking and there's enough twist so that not everything you can imagine but definitely if you watch a lot of movies you might pick up on a couple of things before they get revealed uh but there are twists as the trailer says very twisty uh should we reveal the truth about bill nye well i think you just did yeah i mean you know if you're me you're hoping that bill nye is going to be the good guy 
Except, of course... It's they, like thinking Sean Bean's gonna survive. Yeah, they just pull the old switcheroo on you. It's like, oh, wait, he was the bad guy the whole time, and now he's gonna transfer his mind into a Mewtwo. So you have a Mewtwo that speaks with the words of uh, Bill Nye. He's like, ah, 100 Pokemon souls. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, it was pretty cool. Except for the crown. I think that thing looks stupid. Oh, you mean the, uh, what's that thing from the X-Men called? Cerebro? Uh, yeah, when he puts on the Cerebro crown to take control of Mewtwo. Yeah, that thing was stupid. But outside of that, pretty oh, good. Oh, and don't, let's not forget the, the, the um, the disturbing uh, Ditto. Oh, that, yeah. that was like superly enhanced so it could take on a human form but, but that was that was one of the good twists oh like, yeah i never picked up on that yeah apparently a ditto can like mimic a human almost perfectly except they have to wear glasses because they still have those creepy lifeless ditto eyes it's true but yeah there was all these instances um of things that were essentially misleading uh the main character yeah and played by justice smith played by justice smith the uh the Will Smith child you almost forgot about. Who isn't Willow or Jaden. Yes, there you go. Um, terrific job on his part, but the the Ditto is actually taking the form of different people, uh, all who end up wearing sunglasses. Yes, a woman with pink hair who looks like a Team Rocket uh, member, but Team Rocket's not in this movie. Bill Nye's son. And Bill Nye's son. Yep. Who is locked in a closet, apparently. Yep. Uh, and they were misdirecting the whole time. And that was pretty sick. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. Um, I definitely thought that there was going to be something with Bill Nye. And he's he's a villain. Like, every time he gets cast, he's a he villain. He wasn't the villain in um, Hot Fuzz. He wasn't. But he definitely served a villainous purpose of exiling <laughs> Nicholas Angel to the countryside. It's true. Um, so you want to call the commissioner here, right now. And he yeah. just, like, appears there. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. But... Um, where do you think Pokemon is going to go from here? Because I think that this movie was very successful for them, well, especially in the in the light of being a successful video game movie. And a successful manga movie. Yeah. But, um, so they've already, I believe, uh, confirmed that they're planning on making, like, follow-ups or sequels to this, mm -hmm. which is going to be very hard considering, spoiler alert, um... <laughs> Uh, the voice of Ryan Reynolds coming out of the Pikachu wasn't the Pikachu. It was just his dad's, like, soul trapped inside the Pikachu using what you would call soul arts. Soul arts. I coined this during the movie. Yeah, apparently... To the dismay uh, of the people sitting next to me. Yeah, so apparently, um, you know, while trying to free the Mewtwo, his father was, like, you know, terrorist attacked by a gang of uh, rampaging, genetically enhanced uh, Greninjas. Yeah. And, um... Mewtwo's like, oh, humanity sucks, but, you know, you're cool enough to survive. Like, your body will, like, heal while, like, you know, you know, your soul and, like, essence are, like, inside this Pikachu. But the Pikachu will have no memory. Neither will you. And Because uh, it's convenient Because for it's me. plot convenient, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're gonna have a hard time putting Ryan Reynolds back in the Pikachu if there's, uh... Yeah, what does that trailer look like? It's like... Harry, there's another mystery. He's like, all right, Dad. Just, like, tases him and drags yeah. him into Mewtwo's cave. <laughs> it's like, oh, not again. I don't know. Hopefully, it's going to be another detective Pokemon movie, except... Or maybe it won't even be a detective. Hopefully, the voice coming out of the Pokemon will be the voice we wanted the whole time. Danny DeVito. But what Pokemon could Danny DeVito be? Geodude? Yeah, a Geodude. He's like, hey. You can call me Rocky. Hey, Harry. <laughs> you gotta come over here. 
I would like to see... Grab your sword. Yeah, definitely. Definitely grab your sword. Um, I would like to see if they if they don't actually make a full-fledged live-action, uh, like, Pokemon the movie, or, like, Pokemon the original manga arc, or Red, you know, whatever you want to call it, I would like to see more movies like this, but that interact with the lore. So, like, maybe... A Team a, Rocket crime drama? Maybe a Team Rocket crime drama, or maybe, um, you know, a movie where, like, Ash's Pikachu gets stolen... Or, um, you know, like, this would be way too dark, but I guess just to get you thinking in the right direction. The Pokemon Like Wars. a movie where, like, Gary is found dead and, like, Ash is a suspect. That's, yeah. a, that's a little too dark. It's, it's definitely too dark. I mean, I was thinking, like, the Pokemon Wars, because, you know, like, you know, with, like, Sergeant Electrobuzz or whatever his name was, who owns, like, the uh, electric gym. Oh, yeah, there's heavy... There's heavy references yeah. that there are militaries and that Pokemon have been used to fight in wars. Yeah. I feel like now that's less... Yeah, they try to sweep it under the rug, but, yeah, you know... It, but it's definitely a, in Silver and... It's an ever-present phantom era. in the Pokemon yeah. world. Yeah. But, um... Especially when you have Pokemon that are, like, ghosts that, you know, possess swords or suits of armor. Yes. Like an X and Y. Yes. And I guess on, on that note, um, for the record, I don't really like the new Pokemon games. I don't like any Pokemon games, really, after silver i mean ruby is okay ruby and sapphire but silver was my jam and red blue and yellow were pretty great too mm -hmm. uh but that being said this movie's awesome uh, and even if you don't like pokemon you'll have a good time and i would like to see more even if it isn't directly related to those games but i think that a lot of the charm at least for me was seeing a connection between the things that I grew up watching and playing and, you know, something that's set almost appropriately uh, the right age, you know, as far as, like, from when I was watching that to what we were seeing now, it was about 20 years. It was nostalgia and fan service done right. Yeah, nostalgia and fan service done right. Yeah. Hey, everyone, thanks for listening. That's going to do it for episode 16 of the Dork Web Podcast. As always, if you give us a rate, a comment, or a review, I will be eternally thankful, and so will my venerable co-host. If you'd like to see more or get in touch with us, you can email us at thedorkwebpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at thedorkweb.net, and you can visit our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages where we post an update as regularly as possible. Other than that, we'll see you soon.